Hello, I'm Stephen Fry, a trustee of the Royal Academy of Arts and very proud to be so. Welcome to our podcast. Thank you very much for coming along. It is, for me, it is an enormous privilege to be here and to have seen the exhibition and, and to talk to James, about whom I have read many things, uh, but have never met until today. And so, so basically what, what I would like to do and what you would like to do is to sort of get to the bottom of, 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 of what you're about and what you're doing at Giverny, because I went to Giverny once in 1980... I'm going to get this right because it was on my honeymoon... Uh, 1987, uh, and, and, and it, was, it was really pretty rubbish, actually, to be perfectly honest. When did you first see the garden? Um, I went there, I think, in the 80s as, as well. Uh, the garden was opened in 1980, and I probably went there in 83, 84. Uh, I wasn't on honeymoon, <laughs> but uh, I think I had the, pretty much the same impression, is that we could do better, we could do better. Um, it was the beginning uh, when the garden was being uh, planted, and we know it takes many, many years for a garden to become mature, so I think it was cruel to judge it, but I've been back there periodically um, over the past 30 years, and I've seen it grow up, but there was still a lot to do. So, so, so when the telephone call came through and said, James, would you like to come and be the head gardener here, what was your sort of initial reaction to that? It was a question that was an open question, is that, the head gardener had been there for 35 years, and it was, if one day he retires, would you like to take over? Um, <laughs> and perhaps, I, maybe. <laughs> perhaps, maybe. So it took uh, quite a few meetings with the present director to convince me that um, it was an interesting task. You know, after you've been designing gardens and making gardens, and to take on something new, and there's many, many aspects in this garden which most gardeners don't have this sort of challenge to tackle. And so taking it on from that angle was something I said, yeah, why not, why not? Then Should we show them a picture of it for a start? Because rather than looking at this, which is lovely, but frankly quite dull, um, let's, <laughs> let's, let's have some flowers on the screen. This is Giverny. What was, what was, you know the famous story about Joseph Paxton when he first went to Chatsworth, getting there really early in the morning, climbing over the wall and sort of you know, wandering around on his own. Did you have that moment with Giverny? Or? <laughs> no, sadly not. No romantic <laughs> story? I'm just, you know, you can try. You told me earlier the reason you went to France was, was for a woman. So there must be some romance in the way that you approached this garden as well. No, this was, I was a serious garden student and wanted to learn about restoration at this garden that was being talked about in the 80s. So I paid my ticket, queued up like everybody else. <laughs> Nothing romantic about climbing over the wall. Okay, so, 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 so when you arrived in 2011, did it look like this? Uh, no. Um, as I said, and as you said, then there were many, many parts. You know, I always say even today, is the, 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 the British, when they visit this garden, are the most difficult visitors because they want the gardens to be perfect, they're very critical. Uh, and this garden uh, was run by French gardeners who don't think in that way. Um, and so I was a, a typical English visitor to this garden and said, this isn't done right, this isn't done right, this isn't done right, and that was my opinion. Um, and yet I could see that behind that there was something romantic and uh, vaguely uh, to do with, with, with the paintings of Moni, but I think there was, you know, the word vaguely was a word, the word that stuck in my mind. So do you think that there is something particular that only an English gardener can bring to this garden? No, not at all. Um, I think that an English garden can bring in the rigor of making thing, things work, um, the, the, obviously with serious training, because very few of the gardeners have tra serious tra training. Um, 
back in Moni's time, they took peasants from the local countryside, uh, the local gardeners when they were um, employed going back 25, 30 years, because most of them have been there right from the beginning, they didn't realize that this garden was going to become uh, a successful uh, tourist attraction, that the garden was going to become a garden of, of um, and to gain the reputation that money would become. Because we forget today that money had fallen out of favor in the 80s. He, he, wasn't, he was little known by... Uh, by the public, uh, and since the 80s, and he's become his paintings have become more well known. His garden has become world uh, known all over the world, but the gardeners um, have not really been selected for their um, for their gardening skills. They've learned along the years, but there's still a lot of things to teach them today. So. Um, I think that that's why an English gardener is important in this garden, but a French gardener with good training could, could do it. I think that it requires somebody to technically uh, get it right and somebody to, to, to interpret the spirit of the place. Right, okay. So, so, so if you take us through a year at Giverny, and so we begin, which is, I presume is what it looks like now, is it? Picture. No, Second this picture. is a little bit later. This is to show you the house okay. because this, this is what people recognize when they come to, to Giverny is the house with the, the pink uh, brick crushed facade front uh, cover with the green shutters. So this is the, what people expect when they come to Giverny. In a few weeks' time, this is a little bit early, but the first of the flowers are the tulips in front of the house. Uh, and so these are scenes that people... Uh, the planting schemes are repeated because Moni was uh, taken... Uh, his he was photographed in front of the house and with the pink and red schemes. How many tulips do you plant every year? <sighs> thousands. I know thousands. it's one of those it's questions like, that people like the answer to. Well, I don't count them individually, but, uh, <laughs> but I, I think we're probably around about ten thousand yeah. uh, bulbs, spring bulbs in all. Yeah. This is interesting because this is is basically planted in rows, isn't it? So you've got lines of of different uh, varieties of bulb that then run through. And that's, that's a deliberate thing. And is that a Monet thing or is that a James Priest thing? No, this is a, all of this garden is Monet. <laughs> None of it is James Priest. Um, now, these are the paint boxes and these are just cubes um, or rectangles of, of color. And Monet planted these in blocks and he runs through um, the, um, like a little paint box for children. It starts at one color, one end of the paint box. And it's a double row, in fact. So it goes from the, the violets through the blues into the pinks, the reds. Uh, oranges and yellows, and it runs down like a paint box, uh, colors in blocks, and this is the, the spring uh, the springtime effect. And what's underneath them? What else have you got in there? I can't quite see. Then this is constructed a little bit like uh, Moni's paintings. That there's layers, so there's layers of, could be myosotis, it could be pansies, it could be uh, daisies, um, and then there are lots of, I think we might be able to see mascaris in here, different bulbs coming through, erythroniums. So there's different layers coming through all the time. But uh, uh, So the garden, obviously the bulbs, I say, are a little bit later, but the pansies keep the garden going, the, the myosotis keep the garden going, um, or even when the tulips are out of flower. And, and the actual structures and the arches that are around it, um, they, are, they are as they were? Yes, again, this was something that Moni was very um, uh, avant-garde, is that uh, the garden was a flat garden and to make height in the garden then um, there was a, a friend of Moni's who suggested making metal structures and these are very simple metal structures um, upon, up, up, over which then roses will grow, clematis will grow and so they, they were used for um, just 
covering, uh, uh, to, to give height to the garden and, and covered with flowers so that flowers would cascade and, and, and give this uh, incredibly modern effect to this garden. Uh, and the actual, the, 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 the varieties of plant that you choose, obviously you have a, a larger selection available to you than Monet ever had. Are you specifically only planting things that Monet could have had, or are you saying, well, it's, we would have had the effect, but actually there's a much better variety, da-da-da? Obviously, there's a, um, there's a compromise between, between what we can do and what we'd like to do. So, as you've just said, the varieties that Monet had, many, especially in tulips, which are evolving all the time, we, we can't get the old tulips. So we're really um, trying to get a colour effect. As, as visitors come into the garden, what do they expect is to see a, a painter's garden, which is about colour. Now, having said that, um, wherever we can get hold of old varieties of roses, and most of the roses uh, are from um, before 1926 when Money died. With the tubers, it's much more difficult, but wherever we can find old varieties of roses or, or old varieties of dahlias or, uh, or any other plants, then we, we try to, to keep that historical side of the garden. But it's all about colour. This garden is about colour, and um, that's a priority at the moment. Okay, so if we move, move further into the year... And we've just gone from the the colder colours and now to the to the warm colours, but this is the paint boxes again, and this is the main alley. So this is this is that the, the famous main alley that that goes up to the up to, to the front of the house, but at spring. So this is wallflowers and tulips in in abundance, really. Mm -hmm. This is um, how many gardeners do you have? Uh, eight gardeners full time, uh, and many students in the summer. Yeah, because this is this is by no means a low maintenance garden, is it? No, it's a very high maintenance garden. You can see how it is now. We'll see another shot of this garden in the summer. All these plants are taken out, and uh, um, and this is the way it was in Molly's time: is that the garden is constantly changing. It's all about color, keeping color going. So an awful lot of annuals are used because they will flower all through. Uh, either the springtime or the summer, and then they are linked together with with, with um, shrubs and trees to to give structure to the garden. But but the other th the other problem that you have or advantage that you have is 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 that in Monet's time, pretty much the only people who were walking in his garden were him and his friends and his family. Whereas you have how many visitors a year? Uh, over six hundred thousand uh, for the moment. That's an awful lot of feet. Mm, that is a lot of feet <laughs> for a small garden with small paths. So. It's got to be a very well-organized garden from that point of view. Um, the way that people walk through the garden, they're not allowed to walk up the, the central path. It means that we have trouble. Uh, it's not always very comfortable to walk when it's a very, very busy in the garden. So that's what many, many people say. But at the same time, it's a garden which is so well-planned that you can see up the alleys, across the garden, you can see uh, the color schemes very clearly. That's all that. So, so if we carry on through... It's now suddenly got softer. It's got softer again, very changing in season. So we've gone from the tulips, now we're getting into the irises and roses, and these were favorite plants of Monet. Um, uh, I say it's always changing throughout season, so uh, this is a, a much cooler color scheme. French irises are always rather exotic. Lots of them at Chelsea, where, where you've got you know, different colors to it, different, different things to them, whereas most British gardeners were quite stayed about our, our choice of, of colour, whereas, whereas you get to be a bit more exciting over them. Well, Money with his painting, um, obviously played with colours and didn't uh, 
uh, I know when I'm going to Chelsea and it's so boring to see very, very good taste. <laughs> and if you're not in light pinks and light blues and silver, then it's, it's shocking. Whereas with money, is, it's all about shocking the English public <laughs> with reds and orange and fiery colors. And, uh, and, and he uses all the palette of, 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 uh, of, of the variable colors. And, th and this is what this garden is about, is waking you up and uh, trying to, to um, use all the emotions that colors provoke. So, so after obviously having had a, 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 you know, a, a phase of, of being, as we've already established, a bit rubbish, uh, when it was coming to the restoration, is, is, is all this documented? Is, are, are there plant lists? Are there planting plans uh, that, that, that were you know, on, on paper and left, left for us by Monet? Mm. Um, we have many, many plants. I think there are uh, 70 uh, different plants which have been noted. Um, and 70 is not a lot. Um, he must have had much, much more. And unfortunately, um, uh, Molly didn't keep that many notes. Um, I think that when you're doing research for an exhibition like this or research for restoring the garden, then I know that uh, Anne Dumas, who's put this uh, exhibition together, uh, has had to, to, to go uh, all over the world to try to find uh, lists of plants writings. Uh, now, is there more material available? I, I don't know. That's what I hope to be looking at in the next few years. Um, so 70 uh, species of plants is, is not a lot. And I say he, he, he must have had a lot more. But um, And that's not bad. That's not bad. Because in fact, at the time of Moni's uh, when he was gardening, then uh, he was using plants which were not... Uh, people didn't plant flower gardens at that time. Uh, and so 70 was an enormous amount of, uh, of plants. And I say that he was, over the 43 years, gardening here at Giovanni, he was looking at catalogues. He was changing all the time, going through seed catalogues, all the new plants that were coming in, and he was moving all the time. So if we try to reflect that today uh, by using the kind of plants that he, he loved, uh, and so we go through, again, the plants we've mentioned, um, the tulips, the irises, the roses, the... Uh, the, the water lilies. Uh, there's knowing that he changed all the time. Um, it's it's about color rather than the botanical garden about different species. And as long as we can find the right colors we want, um, then we're carrying on doing what Moni was doing all all his life. It's a general effect. So 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 behind this garden, presumably, because because one of the things that he couldn't have done is gone down to the garden center and bought plants. So everything is being brought on from seeds, got from somewhere. So is is there a, a big sort of backstage area with glass houses and and propagating areas and things? Mm, of course, yes. Then all the um, all the bedding plants, uh, if we can call them bedding plants, all the annual plants and all the uh, biannual plants are produced on site. Um, the bulbs are brought in every year, um, uh, and uh, obviously the, the the plantings of roses and and, and aging shrubs then they need to be replaced. So we buy those in, but but uh, we're producing uh, on site all, all those plants that have to be renewed uh, yearly. Okay, let's move on. Again, a cold scheme. Um, just showing. Just it's it's trying to show how Molly would use color, depths of color. Um, uh, in a controlled color scheme, so he'd be using the blues and the purples. Um, uh, and you always find in the Moni painting a little bit of yellow or orange, something just to wake up these colors, so it's never a monochrome. It's always something interesting with with a touch of orange or yellow, and you can always find that in, in our beds too. Uh, 
Do you think that there is a temptation that what you and, and your predecessors are doing is actually trying to recreate a Monet painting in a flower bed, having seen the painting, whereas what he's doing is, is painting what he saw. So you're sort of doing it backwards. Do you see what I mean? Mm. Yes and no. <laughs> uh, I think that he did paint what he saw, but by looking at the garden to see what he was to paint, I'm sure he improved his garden by trying to make his garden look more like a controlled uh, picture painting. So in some ways, uh, yes, uh, we're trying to make the garden look like his pictures, but we're always trying to make the garden look better. Um, so there's interaction between the two. Yeah, that's moving, moving from one to the other, okay? And now we've got a bit of both. We've got a bit of, we've got a bit of bright orange in there, in there with the tasteful blue. Mm -hmm. And white Arimuris, the uh, foxtail lilies uh, coming up to, to give height. And this is the main alley again? This is the back of the main alley. Um, and you, for those that know the paintings, then the irises are filling up. The irises are everywhere on this films. There were probably more irises in Monet's time. Uh, now, the inconvenient of irises is that they flower for 15 days, and then there's nothing to see. Uh, and in Monet's day, people used to say, when should I come and see the iris? And he would say, well, Come next Tuesday, I think it's going to be okay. Uh, and if you weren't there on Tuesday, so now behind the arises, we have to plan so that those mem those people visiting after Tuesday uh, yeah. have something to see too. Do you tell them which Tuesday they should come, or is that a, is that a closely kept secret? <laughs> it's a closely kept secret. They don't all come on the same day. So everybody turns up at the same time. Okay, and we carry on. So we're getting towards the autumn here in the. Uh, there's two gardens. This is the top part of the garden, the, the Jardin Clos. Uh, and this is the flower garden, uh, and we're getting towards the end of the season, the autumns, where the, the yellows prevail, the uh, yellows, the oranges. Um, Do you have a slump? Do you have a point? Because in, in, in many gardens, you have this sort of, you know, you have the spring, and then it's coming up, and you've got that sort of early summer bit, and then there's a sort of moment where you go, oh, and there's not really enough there, and then it comes back again. So, so, but you can't have that. You've got 600,000 people coming to see your garden. You cannot have a slump. So I'm not going to admit to that. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> so no, um, obviously, the, you have to, to work around those slumps and try to make those slumps the, the least visible as possible. But you're working with the seasons as an end to... Uh, one season is being into another, but but with careful planning, you can cut that slump to a minimum. Okay, because because you're sort of, to a certain extent, you're managing the expectations of your visitors. Your visitors have have heard about Juvenil and they've seen the paintings. They're arriving. They're expecting to walk through the gate and see what Monet saw, see what they've seen in the paintings, and basically to be blown away. If you're an English visitor, yes. <laughs> so. Uh, and I, I say that tongue-in-cheek because people do come with that, rec with that thought, that expectation. But there are other people that come, and because it's Moni's garden, um, then people are in love with Moni's garden before they see it. Uh, and I'm so surprised, even going back to the, to the 80s, is that people have always walked through and said, it's wonderful, it's beautiful. Um, whereas some people that see reality as it is say, it's, it's not as good as I, I thought it was. So we, I think the visitors are as diverse as people in this room, is that, uh, yeah, we can please um, some people uh, all of the time, but we can't please all of the people. Um, 
all, all the time. So, so it's, it's it's very varied. It's very because it's it's also you you you've got visitors who are coming because they love. Monet and his paintings. You've got other people who are gardeners who are basically coming to see the garden, and and, and people look at gardens in different ways. And mm. if you know what all the plants are mm. and how they should be grown, you're, I mean, because because one of the one of the great pleasures of, of most gardeners is visiting other people's gardens and making sure that their plants aren't as good as yours. <laughs> <laughs> this is why people always came to Givenchy. Um, true, true, but. So it's a great diversity of visitors, and we have children that come in, and just it's it's like a fairyland to see all these flowers, and especially at the end of the season where they're so high to walk through. Uh, we have people who know nothing at all about gardens, but they're just for the uh, the the magical effect of this garden because it has a magical effect on people. Uh, and then we have the serious gardeners from England, so. It's it's uh, <laughs> not all English. <laughs> Who can see there's a few weeds and things aren't done as they should be done. Actually, so. I think you can forgive a few weeds in a garden as magnificent as this. <laughs> okay, so 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 now we're in we're in that sort of that yellow stage basically, isn't mm-hmm. it? Mm-hmm. Um, this is the autumn. And then where does it go? Then it goes to the main alley in the autumn. This was one of Molly's favourite subjects, and we can see again another way that he used colours, using the purples and the oranges, which we've seen harmonies before, but now we've got opposite colours, the colours to put, uh, by putting them opposition, they send off, and it looks as though the nasturtiums, uh, it's like waves running through the centre of the garden, but they're, they're, they're such bright colours against the, the purples, it looks as almost they're being lit, um, like, like electric lights. Um, and so this is, the, yeah, this is the scene that goes right through the garden through, through the summer. This is this is I think possibly my favourite bit. I just love the way that these that these waves come through, and I think it's 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 a spectacular bit of gardening. Uh, but again, it's is it, this this is not this nobody can walk down there, because as soon as ten people walk down there, it's 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 gone, isn't it? Basically, that's it. Then then people look from one end to the other. Nobody's in inside this picture, and this is a picture of people who know Moni's painting. He painted this. Uh, view time and time again. So you can imagine if people were walking through the middle of a picture, it wouldn't be as Moni painted it, whereas keeping this alley closed, uh, it protects it, obviously, from people. But um, more so, it it means that people can see it exactly how it is without any any intervention, any any interference with people in it. Okay. And then? The water garden, the other side of the garden. Um, Now, this is uh, the second plot of land that Moni bought, uh, and he made this garden um, from from scratch, uh, whereas the first part of the garden was a garden that he he, he transformed. This he actually dug out uh, and made uh, made from just wasteland. Um, planted water lilies that he'd seen at the Universal Exhibition in in, in in Paris, and it just got better and better. Today it's exactly as it was in Monet's time. We can see from the paintings here at the exhibition that it hasn't changed. It's just uh, in temporal. It's, it's uh, as beautiful today as it was then. And is it is it your job to keep it the same, or is it your job to develop it? Because because if, if Monet was was still gardening it, he would be looking at it and thinking, well, why don't we change that? Why don't we move that around? I mean, that's 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 what you're there for, isn't it? Ah uh, no, <laughs> I'm not allowed to change anything. It's a historical garden. Uh, this is the heart of, of Giverny, I think. This is what makes uh, the body, uh, the, the, the garden lives, that this is the beating heart. So this is what people come to see. So the water, the water lilies don't change, but the garden around, that's where I'm allowed to do something. So we can always make that a little bit. Um, and a garden is something which is living. So you're always, 
uh, you're always improving, uh, putting back what's what's weak, what's what's not growing strongly that needs to be improved. So you're always doing something to this garden, but that's in the detail. But um, in the overall effect, this garden mustn't change. It, it's perfect as it was when Molly made it. Um, I think it's perfect when I took it over. So you know, if I was to change it, I could only do worse. So, 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 so what you have to do for this is to basically to stop the water lilies from clogging the whole thing. So it's just a basic maintenance thing. Yes, maintenance, yes. Um, so when the water lilies, if they are not kept trimmed, they would cover the water. Uh, and part of this, as you can see, is reflections of the light between the water lily pads going across the water. So there's a man on the water lily pond every, every morning uh, cleaning the water. Uh, and, and cutting the leaves if they're becoming too um, exuberant to keep light and space between the plants. Um, as in Moni's time, that uh, was something that was a, a full-time garden or just looking after the water garden. So it does need maintenance, uh, but yeah, that's, that's part of the, the fun of this garden is keeping it just as it was. Every every garden needs maintenance. No garden is ever finished. You have to sort of keep keep at it. And then and then obviously the the extraordinarily famous bridge. Um, Japanese. Uh, the, the Japanese bridge, bridge at, at that end. Again, for the visitor, um, will I always be able to see that, or will it be full of people taking selfies? <laughs> uh, there might be one or two Japanese visitors on the bridge. <laughs> um, I always say there's two gardens. There's gardens during the day when the public are there, and that's part of Giverny. It's a successful garden. It would be like, what's the Royal Academy without visitors? An empty room. And then there's a... There's a very special moment at the end of the day uh, when the visitors go home and I can walk around the garden and I have the garden to myself. So that's, that's, that's Giveni. There's two, there's two gardens, one where 600,000 people have to share the garden and one at the end of the day when I can have it for myself. When it's, when it's just you. And, and at that point, it, is, it reverts to being Monet's garden because that's him walking around the place. And, and exactly. And that's that sort of spirit, spiritual edge to it, really, isn't it? Mm. So, so you're dealing with something that, that, that is, that is a, a popular icon that people come and visit and have, have an expectation from it. And so your job really is more as a curator than a gardener to keep it, keep it there rather than actually, actually to innovate in any way. Somewhere between the two, I think. Uh, yes, obviously you have to have this... Um, stand back, look at the garden as Moni did every day. He walked around his garden several times a day and he's trying to make it better. And then, as I say, you have to have the technical gardening skills to, to make sure that that works. So somewhere between the two, you, you have to, yes, to, to lap, lap over from one to the other. Do you think that Monet, had he not been a painter, would have been a gardener? And if so, would he have been a better gardener than he was a painter? <laughs> Uh, well, the famous uh, phrase of Monet is that I only know how to do things, uh, two things in life. For the rest, I'm no good, and he's painting and gardening. So he was a painter and a gardener. And to make a garden of this beauty, he had to be a gardener. But we must remember he had no formal training. Uh, whereas a painter, he had formal training. Uh, so I think he was a natural gardener. It was something that nobody could teach him. And then afterwards, he learned from books. He learned from friends, he learned how to garden. Whereas I think I'll never learn to paint, I just learned from Kew Gardens. So. <laughs> Have you tried painting? Have you tried painting this garden? Uh, 
I try painting. Yes, miserable, miserable. I try. <laughs> I'm not going to show you my paintings. I show you my, my pictures, my photographs. They're not bad. But, but painting is difficult. It's, it's a real job. And so unless you're, you're not sure. But I paint to try to understand the garden. I think that's one of the things. Is if, if you sit there in the evening and you take the palette, the, the, the easel, put your canvas there and sit, then it helps you interact, as we said earlier, um, looking at the garden, to paint the garden makes you see the faults. Uh, painting it, you can then imagine how it should be ideally. Uh, and so I think it's an interesting and, and for me a necessary task to, to try to paint. So it's, it's, a, it, it's something I don't take too seriously, but, but I, try to, I try to paint, I try to find time to, to paint because that's the way money looked at, money looked at it as garden and so to, I try to step into his boots and uh, just a little, little tiny pair of boots. And, and it's it's a more detailed way because because it, it's very important. The, the job of, of any gardener at all is to look and to look and look and look and look not just at the big picture but look at every single element of it. And I guess that that painting is is a way to force you force yourself to look closely. No, that's that's what what I'm trying to say. But you say it much better. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> it is that, but it's but it's it's also the the, the fact that that uh, you're looking at not just just you know the whole garden. You're looking at a single flower and the the single petal on a single flower because all of those little ingredients are are important. Those those little little dots that that, that run through. Um, exactly, and I think that if you're trying to do what what we're trying to do is we're trying to make a garden that looks like it's painting. So you're always trying to find the best variety of a flower, the best uh, shape, the best. Uh, the way the flower will, will 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 flow as if it was a brush stroke. So you're always trying to to, to look at the details, and, and then obviously uh, with horticultural improvements, if a flower will flower longer, have a better colour, then you're looking at the bold effect of the flower. Um, and then if plants are not working in a situation because the trees have become bigger, then you're trying to find replacements for for those plants to, that will grow there and give you the same effect. So, yes, it's it's looking, 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 and then using your your, your horticultural knowledge and your experience to to find the best plant to, to give the best effect to to make the picture. And then and and then what happens because it's because it's life is that what happens. Every so often, a tree will fall down, or a tree will die, or there will be a, a, a sudden gap. Mm. Do you immediately replace it with the same thing to get the, to get the same effect back, or do you think, okay, maybe we can change this? Maybe we can change the mood of it, or the colour, or something. This was one of the the questions that we did have trees fall down, and and the immediate reaction of everybody is, what are we going to replace it with? And my reaction is no. Um, is that trees grow, they give more shade, uh, and sometimes a garden like this needs light. And so I'm so happy when a tree falls down, I shouldn't say that. <laughs> but for this garden where it allows light to come into the garden, then light is about life. Um, and if it's in the right place at the right time, and it was incredible because just um, after I'd got to this garden the first year, I was looking at the garden, I was talking to the gardener who looks after this garden, standing on the Japanese bridge, and I said to him, don't you think that these trees here on the left, if we, you know, they, they give us too much shade, and uh, could we imagine pruning them a little bit to let light come through? Because I was very uh, respectful of the gardener who'd been looking after this garden for 20 years. And I'm not making this up, but two weeks later, uh, we had a storm, and 
not the tree I was talking about, the one next to it, which made little difference, was blown down. And I'm sure Moni was listening to me on that day, <laughs> standing on the bridge. So, <laughs> Does Monet listen a lot? He listens. Um, <laughs> if I said he does everything I wanted. <laughs> uh, we had two storms, two trees fell down. So I think, yes, he listens. And, 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 and do, you, do you hear him talking to you? I mean, not in a sort of spooky, weird mm. way, but just, just yeah. have yeah. this sort of thought and this idea. Sure, you'd like to believe that, because as you spend a lot of time thinking, dreaming, and ideas come to you, you say, yes, these are just filtering through for money, and I'm hoping, hearing what he, or feeling what he'd like me to, to feel and to, to hear and to keep his garden going. Mm. And does the responsibility lie heavily upon your shoulders, or do you bear it lightly? No, I think this is not a, something to, to bear heavily. It's something you have to do with pleasure, um, feeling free, um, and hope. hopefully you're going in the right direction. So you know you've got to believe in what you're doing. Um, no, but it has to be something which is, is done in, um, I don't say in a light-hearted way, but without, with, without weight on your, on your shoulders. No, you don't, you don't worry about that. You're just making a garden as most beautiful and as close as you can to as it was in Molly's time. Thank you for listening. For more information about the Royal Academy, please visit www.royalacademy.org.uk.